If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to grab it. Turn with us to Romans chapter 8. If you're online, I want to invite you to grab Romans chapter 8 so that you can follow along in your copy of God's Word. Had someone ask me recently, well, if I listen in my car, does that mean you want me to look? And I'm like, no, that's the exception. If you're driving, don't open your Bible. But if you're not driving and you can look at the text, let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Yesterday, I know I just celebrated some stuff that God's doing. Yesterday, I got to be part of the ribbon cutting time at Hope Women's Center, our local crisis pregnancy center, one of our key church partners here in the area. Many of you know that when we had the big freeze a little over a year ago, they lost everything. They lost everything. And because of your generosity as a church, uh, we were able to come alongside of them and help them remodel a medical RV that uh, Focus on the Family gave them so that they can continue to practice on a smaller level during this last year. But they have now opened a new facility and it is beautiful. They're providing right now, again, crisis pregnancy care for those that are abortion-minded to try to encourage them to choose life. There's a an adoption center that's right there with them that they can help partner people with. There's also, if they choose life, there's uh, counseling and parenting and discipleship there in the room. Uh, There's resources that they can help them to walk alongside of them. And there's a counseling center. All that stuff is right there. And y'all get to be part of that because of your excess giving above and beyond our budget last year, we were able to not just support them with our missional giving like we normally do, but help to give towards that building. Well, here's a story I learned yesterday. Just a few weeks ago, they had a girl that showed up, 17-year-old girl, who was pregnant with her father. And she was very abortion-minded. That's who they try to reach online. Uh, She left that night, not saying she was going to choose life, but they called back at 9 p.m. They had a cell phone number of one of the men in the ministry called and said, hey, we'd like to come back tomorrow. They came back the next day. Had a conversation again with them. Hey, if you choose to keep this baby, we're going to walk with you through this process. They took me to a back room where they had all these new baby clothes, new car seat, new strollers that had been given. And, and uh, this girl pointed and she said, can I have that? I said, what's that? And there was in the back, there was this uh, a bear that a grandmother had made and given to Hope Women's Center. And, uh, and they said, sure. So they gave it to her and she said, I'm going to choose life, but I want to hold this bear to remind me each day why I'm doing that. Pretty cool. Well, after that conversation, this is just a few weeks ago, they were going to have a kind of a fundraising uh, gathering uh, with a guy by the name of Anthony Evans, who's a friend of Rebecca and I's, Tony Evans' son. And so uh, they said, well, hey, do you want to come? We're going to do this gala in a few days. And they said, sure. Right after the gala... Family came forward, the father said, I want Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of my life. And he placed his faith in Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Yes, it's awesome. Awesome. Yes. As we were learning that story, I show up there, I'm there in the... I'm having another conversation while I'm there with a man who met me in the parking lot. We ended up talking for about 15 minutes. And he said, he said, Sam, I actually am part of this ministry because he said, I, uh, I 
uh, my first wife and I actually encouraged. Uh, we had a couple of abortions. And I was, I was, and by the way, if you're here in the room, every time I mention that word, which is not every Sunday, there are many people that are in the room that have had an abortion. You need to know that God loves you. He forgives, period. Any sin, awesome. There's no, praise God, right? Last week, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Uh, we're, yeah, we're there. He talked about that. But he said, I was in my life, he said, I was resisting the Spirit. He said, there was no fruit of the Spirit in my life. He said, I, I had done kind of the church thing as a kid, but he says, absolutely no fruit in my life. But he said, three years ago, my wife prayed for me, prayed and fasted over me, and he said, God broke me. And all of a sudden, something changed. Instead of me pushing back against the Spirit, I started wanting to run with and to obey that said now I see the fruit of the spirit all over my life and this guy's talking and I'm sitting there thinking I'm supposed to teach on the spirit tomorrow and you, you're 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 sharing with me what just happened in you and he said actually yeah for me I don't actually think I was a Christian before that and I told him I said yeah maybe you weren't because you were resisting pushing back or or maybe you didn't, didn't know Jesus, but I, I do know that there are Christians. In fact, I in my own life as a Christian have had times where I have resisted, I've pushed back, I've grieved the Spirit. I've not let the Spirit take the driver's seat in my life and I've lived doing what I wanted to do. And today, today, we're gonna look in Romans chapter eight as Paul teaches how Christians can walk by the Spirit. Now, this is transformative if you're a believer. If you're not a Christian, this, this message actually doesn't apply to you. You can, you can see the blessing that's offered to Christians when they place their faith in Jesus and the person of the Godhead whose name is the Holy Spirit moves into their life, okay? So you're going to get to see that today. And I want, so Romans chapter 8 starts, there's therefore no, no condemnation in Christ. Why? Well, chapter, that was verse 1, verse 3 says, because if you're in Christ, you remember last week we hung on the cross, if you're in him, the condemnation when Christ died on the cross was actually taken on him. You remember that? Verse 4 then says, why did that happen? In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who, what's the word? Walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So then that begs the question, if you're a Christian and the Spirit's in you, how do you walk according to the Spirit? Paul's going to tell us. So stand up as we read God's Word. Here's where we are. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, watch, set their minds on the things of the flesh. He's going to repeat that five times, positively and negatively. For those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. 
For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is what? Life and peace, one of the fruits of the spirit. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Flip that verse on his head. If you belong to Jesus by grace through faith, you have the Spirit of Christ. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead some 2,000 years ago, we celebrated last week, dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give Life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death. No, but if by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, You will live. Pray with me. If you're a Christian in the room, I want to ask you to to ask the Holy Spirit who's here with us today to help you see how you can walk by the Spirit. How you can, in, in a better way today, give Him the driver's seat in your life. I pray for me that the Holy Spirit would help me to teach about him. Thank you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. If you're taking notes today, Here is, in my words, what we're going to read in Paul's words, I believe, as we follow his train of thought. How do you walk by the Spirit? You think right, set your minds, he's going to say. You do right, you live by, and you kill the sin of the flesh. And then, he says, you're going to feel right. Not apart from suffering, Romans 8 doesn't teach that. But life, the abundant life and peace The world wants to flip this on its head, and not just the world, by the way, me and my flesh want to flip this on it. What do I mean by that? There are things that my body thinks would feel good, that it wants to do. And so the temptation is just to go and do those things, and then to find thinking that will back up that what I'm doing is good. I I saw uh, my, my... former assistant who retired not long ago recently and she used to joke that I called dark chocolate my vitamin pills right you Roz we live in a culture right now that says hey embrace how you feel embrace how you feel 
In fact, just do what you feel. Be authentic to yourself. And then find thinking, in fact, people that will approve of what you're doing to support it. Y'all know that? And it's, it's not leading to happiness. I would also just tell you non-Christians can't do otherwise. But Christians can. Watch what Paul teaches us to do. How to walk by the Spirit. First, think right. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds. I invite you, if you take notes in your Bible and underline, underline each time it says set in your minds. Set their minds. They set their minds. It's a present tense continual. It's what they're continuing to do. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. They focus on, hey, what do I want to do to satisfy me, to make me feel better? That's what those who live according to the flesh do. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. The mind that's set on what the flesh desires and wants is hostile. It's like enemy to God. But it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I think... That one of the primary problems for Christians is our stinking thinking. (laughs) Okay, what do I mean by that? I actually had a guy who would uh, disciple me years ago that would use these words all the time. He said, Sam, that's stinking thinking is what he would say. Stinking thinking. We in the flesh, now that we have the Holy Spirit in us, we still have a tendency to focus on what our flesh wants, don't we? In fact, not only focus, but the mind gets set on it. That mindset literally is a preoccupation with what our bodies wants. And Piper writes, as he teaches on this passage, whatever preoccupies your mind controls your life. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, and he's making a very parallel argument to what he's saying here in Romans 8. He writes, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. He will write in Romans chapter 12 as he starts transitioning to the intensely practical part of the book that we'll get to in a little while. He says, hey, don't be like the world Be transformed as you offer yourself to God. Well, how do we do that? Be transformed, he says in chapter 12, verse 2, by the renewing of your, what's the word? Your mind. Mind. There's there's something about walking in the Spirit that, that Paul says involves the setting of our mind. What are you what are you setting your mind on? Our family in the evenings, we try to do a little uh, family Bible study. And each time I bring this up, I tell people, like, I am not preaching to the kids at that point. Uh, One, I'm not that proactive to prep for every family Bible study. But two, they don't want that. So we just open usually a Bible study book and we go through it together. And we're going through right now uh, Louis Giglio's Bible study book. And in Louis Giglio's Bible study book, he usually points to nature 
And he, he observes something in nature and then he points that back to our faith. So in that book, this week, we read that flamingos by nature are not pink. Did you know that? Yes, a lot of, wow, y'all are much smarter than me. Yeah, I like nature and I didn't even know this. It's, it's, so plum, flamingos are like whitish gray, apparently, except for what they bring into their body, right? And they have a diet that is extremely high in beta carotene. They eat shrimp and they eat this, this seaweed that has a whole lot of beta carotene in it. And because of what they are bringing in, it actually changes the way they look. Pretty cool. I also read that kids, if you eat too much beta carotene, your nose will turn orange. So next time your parents say you have to eat your carrots. I'm kidding. Uh, when was the last time you stopped to think about what you're bringing into your mind what your mind is set on the world is wanting to fill your minds with things that are not of God is there a way is there a way for us to set our minds on the things that are above I'm going to give you a way. You know, the Bible says that this book was written by men who were carried along by the Holy Spirit as they wrote. So we we have in our hands the Spirit of God's breathing writing. Paul calls it at one point in time the sword of the what? Spirit. You know, Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness to focus on the desires of the flesh, hey, turn this rock into stone or put yourself up and let everybody worship you so you can be powerful. He was tempted to go towards the, you know how he counteracted that in his mind? You know what he did? He, he went to the Bible. He quoted scripture. How do we walk by the Spirit? Well, not stinking thinking of the world, thinking right. How how do we... I want to invite you, if you're not, to get your mind into God's Word. To let it wash over you, to meditate, to another word of saying that, to marinate your life, your mind, in this book. We point people to this in our church often, but we have a Bible reading plan. We're walking through the Bible. If you've never done that before, you can text the word Bible to 96123 if you want information on it. We also, on that website, firstmckinney.com forward slash Bible, we have a resource that will help you. How do you have a personal Bible study? How do you ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? How can I obey you today? What does it look like for you to get in the book? Today in our Bible reading, we're reading Isaiah 26. This week I said, God, is this the right outline? I read this this morning. You keep in perfect peace, which is in our text, those whose mind is stayed on you. That's in our Bible reading this morning. I'm like, thank you, God. Help me preach that this morning. What does it look like for you How do you walk by the Spirit? First thing, you need to think right. Set your mind continually. Set your mind on things of the Spirit. 
Second thing, do right. Now, do you remember what he said at the end of chapter 7? I don't want to do what I do, but the sin is living in me that does it, and I can't do right. Remember, he just said that. But Paul's going to show you now if you are walking by the Spirit, if you're a believer, the Spirit is in you, and you can do right. Watch what he says. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, and he's talking here about being controlled by it, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Again, we believe that there are, t- there are times when the Spirit comes in unique and powerful ways on people's lives and does things that are abnormal and unique. I believe that. I believe the gifts of the Spirit are alive. You can believe, be here today and believe different. That's fine. But we also believe that every believer at the point of faith in Christ has the Holy Spirit in them. Why? Verses like this. Paul says, if you belong to Christ, the Spirit is in you. Well, what does that do? Verse 10. If Christ is in you... Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Righteousness, that word, by the way, is right, doing right. Verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, kids, y'all remember when we put the spirit on the tomb last week if you were here? With the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What is he saying? He's saying you aren't alone. It's not just your flesh now if you're a Christian. The spirit is in you. And so when God says, and he's going to tell us to in a second, obey, it's not just you obeying. It's God telling you to obey and then through the Holy Spirit empowering you to obey. Not just saying do right. He's saying, I'm going to tell you to do right and then I'm going to help you do right. This is an anonymous poem I read this week. It's short. To run and work, the law commands. Yet gives me neither feet nor hands. That's chapter 7 of Romans. But better news the gospel brings. It bids me fly and gives me wings. The wings are the Holy Spirit. So what? Verse 12. So then, so then, brothers, we are debtors, Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. What is Paul doing? Paul is using the gospel as a motivation here. The flip of this verse is, we are in debt, not to our bodies. What has your body done for you that's good? We are in debt to Jesus. And what God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. When we preach the small gospel sermons to ourselves every day, especially when faced with temptation, we realize we should live different. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will, what's he say? Live. Wow. Wow. If by the Spirit you put to death 
the deeds of the body, you will live. All right, I want to try to teach a uh, theology for a few minutes that's called mortification. That's all over the gospel. Mortification is the beautiful truth that life comes through death. Jesus taught it. Jesus says, hey, you want to find your life? You need to lose your life. If you lose your life, you can find your life. Before getting to that, he maybe says it in a more graphic way. He says, if you want to come after me, different way of saying, if you want to walk by the Spirit, if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, here's what you need to do. You need to deny yourself, the flesh, Take up your cross, which at that point was not some sweet little instrument you rolled around your neck. That was the tortured, killing, yeah, instrument. Take up your cross and follow me. Why was he telling people to do that? Because he disliked people? No, because he loved people. He wanted them to find life. Paul teaches in Galatians chapter 5, Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh. And it's passion and desires. Jesus, another place, teaches it in a really graphic way. He says, if your eye is causing you to sin, what do you need to do? What? Tear it out and throw it away? If, if your hand, if your foot, what does he want you to do? Jesus, what are you talking about? Not using his name in vain at that point. <laughs> I believe he's using figurative language to teach the same truth that Paul is teaching right now. That those who live by the Spirit, they put to death the deeds of the body. Last week, when I say last week, it was Thursday before Easter, so that's now a week and a few days. Walk into the hall outside of my office and it's like, something stinks. Oh no, I heard someone say yes. Next day I walk in and I'm like, oh, it got worse. That was Good Friday. So I didn't bring it up to our properties team. I'm like, I don't know what's stinking. I don't, they need to work on other things than the stink in the hallway, right? Outside of my office. Saturday, it was like, ooh. Sunday, it was like, ah, ah. Monday, I mean, it was like you opened the door from outside. And you were like, I'm going to take a breath. And run through the hall. Literally, Tuesday, we called up David, who's amazing, on our team. And David got up in the attic. Y'all, what, what do you think he found? Yes, he found a dead rat. It's fairly large. You know what dad, David did? David got rid of the rat. Well, first he actually took it to another staffer's office for fun. And then... <laughs> Yeah, And then he got rid of the rat. Why do I bring this up? 
Some of us as Christians have a dead rat in our life that we haven't gotten rid of. And you're not experiencing the fruit of the Spirit because you're not walking by the Spirit and taking, like, David's, have you ever seen David? Like, he's strong. The Spirit's stronger. I don't know what's in your life, but the Spirit, if you'll take him up on it, has the power to get rid of it. Maybe for you it's not just stinking thinking, but there's stinking living that needs to be extracted from your life. And Paul, Paul says, kill your sin. Get rid of it. He'll say in chapter 13 of Romans, make no provision of the flesh to gratify its desires. John Owens writes, you have to be killing sin. This is present continual, by the way. Something we have to keep doing. You have to be killing sin or it will be killing you. If you're not a believer here today, you need to know that we're not saved by obedience. We're saved by the obedience of Jesus. But because he gives us then the Holy Spirit, he offers a new life. Thinking right, doing right. And then it leads to, here we go, last point, feeling right. Verse 13, look what he closes that verse with, and I'll show you it's all all over the passage. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will, what does he say? Live. Now, if you read this passage and you don't read the rest of Romans... You might think that what he's saying is you get eternal life based on whether or not you obey or not. But Paul's already clarified that in chapter 6, verse 23, and all over, actually, where he says, the wages of our sin is death. Has anyone sinned? That's what we all deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You do not get into heaven based on what you do. Now, I do believe if you believe in Jesus, the Spirit of God does move into your life and he starts transforming you now and you will start living differently. So there's a level of that that is true theologically. I believe what Paul is teaching here is the, what Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. You feel like life isn't what it's supposed to be like? Maybe it's because you've got your mind set on the flesh and that there's sin going on. And God wants to free you from that and he wants you to experience the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How do we do that? Well, again, let me show you a few other places in the passage. Back up with me to verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. One of the fruits of the spirit. Look at verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. 
I've experienced this in my life. Rebecca and I have talked about this multiple times. When, when in your life have you felt most alive as a Christian? When in your life have you felt most alive as a Christian? I'm willing to bet as you look back on it, that that time in your life, you were being used by the God, not, not your flesh, you were being used by God. He's going to say in verse 14, we'll get to in a few weeks, for all who are led by the Spirit, are some, you, were, you were obeying God, you were, you were, your mind was right, your actions were not, not perfect, but you were experiencing the joy of obedience Side star here, it's a big star, and then we'll be done. I'll, I'll, I'll lead into our land here. Romans 8 does not teach that that means your life is going to be apart from suffering. It teaches the opposite. Uh, Paul is going to talk about in Romans chapter 8 how we walk through suffering as Christians. And he, he will say, like the whole of creation is crying out, like with the pains of childbirth for Jesus to come back. Verse 23 says, watch what it says in verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the, what does that say? The Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption. Y'all see the groaning that even happens in the life of someone who has the Spirit? But notice the waiting eagerly. There's something going on in that life that is excitement and joy. Feeling right is not in the flesh trying to do what you feel. Feeling right comes through walking by the Spirit if you're a believer. Thinking right, mindset on the Spirit, doing right, killing your sin. The fruit of the Spirit that follows. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? So, last night our family went for a walk. Uh, When we went for the walk... (laughs) uh, it's always hard for us to leave the house because we're not thinking about how awesome it's going to be outside. We're thinking about things we need to get done inside or the other things that we're wanting to do, right? But if and when we, we step foot outside, it's like everything changes. Y'all notice that? Step foot out. I don't know right now what's keeping you inside. I don't know what's keeping you for, from from taking and and offering the Holy Spirit, I'm ready to go for a walk right now with you. I know what it is, but I want to ask you right now to, to, to take the step. Pray with me. Maybe for you, you know, hey, I'm, my mind is not set on the Spirit. I'm set on the flesh. I, what is that right now that you're focused on? That's, maybe it's Netflix, maybe it's video games. Maybe What is it that, that you're focused on that, that you're bringing in? What is it that you can do this week to transition that to the Spirit? And secondly, maybe it's not just mindset. Maybe you're in the Bible, but you're experiencing the tension right now. In fact, it's, it's, it's miserable for you because you're reading God's Word, but you're not obeying God. You know He's called you to be used by Him and and you know he's called you to, to do something for a family member or a friend or what, whatever. And, 
and you're saying no to that or you're saying yes to yourself a whole lot and you're, you're doing what you want, not what God would call you to do. I want you to confess that to him. And say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to go for a walk with you. Focus my mind on you. Kill my sin. Help me to experience the fruit of the Spirit that follows. God, I pray for each person in the room right now that's praying that. Thank you that that this, this is not something you've called us to do alone. That you've sent your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, help us even in the resistance we have in our heart right now from taking those steps. Lead us, Holy Spirit. We want to be a church full of people who are walking by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.